Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Hello, welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. I'm Rhonda Arlt, and I'm a retired second grade teacher. Um, I'm an executive board member of Whole Brain Teaching, and I am an associate director of certification. And I am here today with one of my good friends, my best friend in Whole Brain Teaching, plus she's a good friend in life as well. Laura, would you please introduce yourself? Yes, thank you, Rhonda. My name is Laura Forehand. I'm also an executive board member for Whole Brain Teaching, and I do help with certification as an assistant director. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot going on with Whole Brain Teaching. I currently teach second grade. Hope that that's a grade I stick with until I get a chance to retire. So anyway, we're so grateful that everybody's here today. Absolutely. So on episode 45, we had the founder of Whole Brain Teaching, Coach Chris Biffle, on the podcast to talk about extremely beloved rascals and strong five practice. We are so excited to have Coach B back for another podcast episode, and they've been hit. So if you haven't listened to the 45, you need to get on and listen to that podcast. Coach, welcome back. We are so grateful. And as I know, our listeners are as well to have you back on the podcast to discuss more about New World Whole Brain Teaching. Welcome, Coach. Thank you so much, ladies. I'm delighted to be here, and I'm thrilled to think of you both as two of my besties. Today, we're going to talk about uh, five moods and a way to use these five moods to, to help extremely beloved rascals. But now I just have an odd, itchy feeling that maybe Laura has a question for me. I wonder if my psychic antenna are working. I think they're working perfectly, Coach. You know me, I'm always I'm always ready with it for a question with you. So before we do dive into today's topic, can you tell us why teaching those social emotional skills are truly vital in our classrooms? Why is it so important that we are um, using some of the instruments that you're going to be talking about today, some of the strategies you're going to be talking about today. Why is social emotional um, skills? Why is it so important? Well, our motto for this year and maybe for always is only connect um, by the great English novelist Forrester. Uh, And if you think about it, when we're unhappy, we're disconnected. Mm. We're disconnected from Others, we're disconnected really from the big view of reality. The big view of reality is even though I fell off my bike this morning and I feel pretty unhappy about it, in the big picture, uh, if I connect to the big picture, I'll see plenty of of good things. So 
Our kids come to school as normal human beings, which is they're often disconnected mm -hmm. because of something that happened that morning, because of what their life situation is at home, because of something that one of their classmates said to them, they're disconnected. And so what we mean by, at least what we mean in whole brain teaching by social emotional skills is to just take the jargon out of it and just say, we're gonna help kids connect in several ways. We're gonna help kids connect with their teacher. Mm -hmm. We're gonna help kids connect with their teammates. And we're gonna help kids connect with their unexplored and undeveloped mental skills. Kids are capable of far more than they're aware of, and that's why they go to school to find out what, what other things they can do. So social-emotional problems is disconnection. Cure, let's work on ways of connecting, which kind of leads us into what we're talking about today. What do you think, uh, Rhonda? I think it's very, very important. And I'm glad that once again, you've come up with a solution to what our kids need in the classroom and how teachers can help them. Um, so let's just start. So let's say, my friends, there are five moods. And the handy thing is, these do not have dense, complex names. And we rate them from one to five. Mood number one is very unhappy. Mood number two is unhappy. Mood number three is mixed. Mood number four is happy, and mood number five is very happy. And Laura, I hope you've been paying attention. Can you tell us what those five moods are, girl? Yes, thank you, Coach. I can. So just on a scale of one to five, one is very unhappy, two would be unhappy, three would be mixed, four is happy, and five is very happy. So we're going to talk about five different ways to use this rating scale. We will put in the notes to the podcast where you can download our free Whole Brain Teaching Quick Start 3.0. Mm -hmm. And you will see there a nice graphic called Fiverr, which shows some little Lego folks holding up one, two, three, four, or five fingers, labeled very unhappy to very happy. So way number one to use these five moods. Whenever kids enter the classroom, and I'm not just saying in the morning, whenever they enter the classroom, they're going to show you fingers on their chest, one to five, how they're feeling. Kids live on an emotional seesaw mm. because humans live on an emotional seesaw. So and things can change during the day. They can change at recess. They can change over lunch. And so you are going to connect with the child by standing there. And they're sharing their feeling with you. And they're no longer alone. I'm going to say that again. When we're disconnected, we're alone, we're isolated, we live on an island. And when I show you a one on my chest, I'm connecting with you. I see that you're making eye contact. I feel that you care about me. And connecting 
when you're a one, put you halfway to being a two, not so very unhappy. Right. You're starting to get out of it. So uh, Rhonda, explain Fiverr, which we're going to play whenever kids enter the classroom and why it is a kind of connecting that's crucial. Go ahead. All right. So we are going to connect when the children come into the classroom in the morning, or maybe even if they come in late from, you know, coming late to school, or if they have a doctor's appointment, they're going to show us that number of how they're feeling on their chest so that they're always connecting with us. And we can also do this, I think, when you're talking later on about other times to check into, but definitely at the start of their day. Yes. Start of the day. And we'll just say whenever they enter the classroom, that gives you about four or five times during the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you send them off to the library and they're coming back in, what does it take? It takes no time at all for them to stream past you and show you how they're feeling. Now, a kid shows you a one or a two, you cannot fix that child's mood in the five seconds that they're standing there, but you can make eye contact, you can smile, you can give them a side hug, whatever intuition guides you. In the next few minutes in the classroom, we want you to play a game called Cheery Dice. And in Cheery Dice, you're rolling the dice and it's gonna bring up numbers one to six. And based upon the numbers, that's the activity that your kids will be involved in. And we have slides that show you. For example, one to five might be five different yoga poses. Or one to five might be five different sentence frames about happiness. Or one to five might be five different simple math tasks. A six is a reroll. So as soon as you roll the dice, Laura, kids are not thinking about how they're feeling. Everyone is looking at the dice roll. Mm-hmm. For moments, at least, they're connected to gameplay. Right. Which again, is moving them out of the lower reaches of fiber. Explain cheery dice and gameplay is another way of connecting. Go. Yeah, I love cheery dice and I've been using it during summer school. So after kids come in and maybe you've had a couple kiddos that have been like a one or a two, they showed you a one or a two, you know, you can give them at the door, you can give them that smile. You can make eye contact with them, maybe give them a side hug, but you can't really deal with their problems. So that's when they all come in, you're going to do this cheery dice roll and you have that just up on your, your smart Google slides, I guess your smart board or whatever you're using. And one through five are just going to be different variations of things that the the tasks, the kids could be working on, whether it be yoga poses or a sentence, frame or something. A six will always be a re-roll, but they're engaged in that uh, game, which um, is hopefully going to give the teacher a chance to make a connection with those other students that are struggling. So just low roll, the ones with a one, two, or three, are they the ones that roll for cheery dice? Um, Or do you just pick That is a possibility. It's kind of a nice idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say at the start of the year, you're always the one who rolls so that okay. whenever anyone later on gets a chance to roll, it's a high privilege. Sure. But I think that's a, that's a, a, a great idea. Yeah. Okay. So the, the first way that we use the five moods is we assess the moods when kids come in. Sure. The second way that we use the five moods is we play a game called Cheery Dice or any other time during the day when kids are talking to each other. 
That's when we walk around the room and we go to the ones and twos and we give them a side hug, a smile. We give them a bit of as much love as our time will allow. So whenever there's collaborative learning or collaborative exercise, go to the ones and twos and connect with them. Connect with them as a caring adult. We are miserable when we think nobody cares about us. And it's a step out of misery to know that the teacher always cares about us all day long, multiple times a day, that the classroom is the caring place. And it may be for many of our kids, the only caring place in their lives. I think of our children as orphaned by the world. That means they may have guardians, they may have parents, they may have grandparents, but too many kids are alone. NBC News about a year ago reported that 30% of kids in the United States report that they do not have a best friend. Mm. There you are. And that was before COVID. Mm. So that's two of the ways that we use fiber. Assess moods in the morning and whenever they enter. And secondly, whenever you have collaborative learning going on, like you have with Cherry Dice and other occasions, go around to the kids and make a connection. Now, the third way to use this assessment, dear friends, is the teachers should model how they are overcoming negative feelings. So Laura, if your cat dies, I don't want you to go into class and say, my cat died this morning and I'm feeling awful about it. You could say, you know, I love to have scrambled eggs in the morning and there was no eggs and I just felt so frustrated and I've been frustrated all morning. I feel like a two. Or Rhonda, you could say, my husband promised to charge the battery on my car and it's still dead and I was late to school and I, I'm going back and forth between a one or a two. Make up a story Show your scale for the kids. And I'll tell you this. Kids will never listen to you more intensely than when you speak about something private. Mm -hmm. They just lean forward in their desks. So you tell a little story many days about you came to school feeling this low emotion. And then I want you to use what I'm calling the magic however. Now, Laura, Mm -hmm. you would say, I didn't have my scrambled eggs this morning and I was really feeling a two. However, and then put your hands on your hips. That's our however gesture. However, when I got to school this morning and I saw Jack smile, and Maria gave me a hug, I'm feeling like a four. Let's just talk about the magic however. However and but are synonyms, but I prefer however to but because but can refer to a portion of our anatomy. And the gesture for however is hands on the hips, very assertive, and you model several times a day what it means to take a one 
or a to and add a however to it and go on to something uplifting. Laura, mm -hmm. I'm sure you and Rhonda haven't heard about the magic however because no one's heard about it until this morning. I love it. Talk about the magic however. Go ahead. Yeah, I love that magic however. That's what Rhonda just said. She loves it too. I love that because it, you know, I know in those times, you know, in my life that I've maybe had a really big struggle and you do feel like you're going to be in that struggle for a long time. And, you know, I can use that in my own personal life, you know, with my husband having a stroke. However, I know that my whole brand teaching family was there for me during some of the darkest times um, during those couple of months. So yeah, just kind of finding, finding that light finding even a little glimmer of light. And, but I agree with you, coach, you have to model that for your, your kiddos there. It, it doesn't come naturally, I think to us as human beings. So we have to model that. Um, what does that look like? How can I turn something that is really frustrating me into just a, a glimmer of hope? Um, yeah. So I love that. I love, I love the magic. However, I think also it shows the students that you're human too. Yeah. And they need to see that, you know, a teacher's life isn't perfect either. And, you know, we all have good days and bad days. And I think it makes it real for them. Absolutely. So the three ways that we're using these five moods are one, greet them whenever they enter the classroom, they will connect with you. Mm -hmm. Then whenever you have collaborative learning, you go around the classroom and you connect with them the kids who are ones and twos. And then as intuition guides you, let them connect with you as an adult, as you show how you're overcoming your negative feelings with this magic, however. And the thing is, is that Laura, Rhonda, most of the time that we feel bad, we're down in our emotions and the emotions do not see the world as a big picture. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's crushing that your husband had a stroke. Mm -hmm. However, what a blessing your relationship with him has been and still is and will be for many days to come stroke or not. However, right. I love this man and he's so good. And what happens in our sadness is our emotions look at the world through a little knot hole. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> Just take a little tiny peek at the world. And the big picture, my friend, by and large, is there is a brighter. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's make a Let's make a soap opera. We'll call it The Brighter However. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming to you at a station near you. Rhonda, what do you think about The Brighter Magical However? Go, my friend. I think it's very, very powerful. And I mean, there's been a lot going on here lately in the lives of everybody. And I think that magic, however, needs to be shared and needs to be modeled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I All say can I say something just kind of, but I think the, the in, important thing too, before we even model that is that we make that connection with the student and that we are acknowledging 
that they, they have these one or two feelings and that's okay. And then we, so we've made that connection first and then we model that magic, however. So I, I just think that's, that's an important um, transition, if you will, that first we acknowledge it and then we model. And I think we also say, you know, when you're, and when you're talking about your own feelings, uh, it is good often to just say, look, I didn't have any scrambled eggs this morning and I'm feeling kind of bad about it, but that's all right. You know, it's all right to have negative feelings. Yeah. I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel like I'm anyone unusual. Mm-hmm. You want scrambled eggs. You don't have scrambled eggs. All right. You don't have to cheer up right away, but eventually you're going to get on with life. Right. And to validate whatever a kid's feeling, if you're feeling like a one or a two, I'm not going to twist your arm and try to say that, you know, you don't have to feel that way, but I'm here to help you. Exactly. And I want you to know that I'm always connected with you, no matter how you're feeling. Yep. And before, during, and after, uh, having you in my classroom makes me very happy. Yeah. Um, And, you know, all of this stuff is just to say we're spreading love. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Number four. Number four, very simple. Ladies, I've got a feeling that you have read stories in your classroom and had your kid read stories. And the stories are full of people with emotions. So use the Fiverr scale to help kids evaluate who's feeling what and why. Let's just get a handle on these feelings. We're feeling sad, but so are these characters. We're feeling very happy. So this is so so this character is. It's an education in moods. This is a mood therapy to identify moods, to identify their causes, to talk about moods, and to see that we are connected to the world of fiction and we are connected to the world of nonfiction. Goodness gracious. We're small, but we're humans. And uh, this is what we do is feel about those things we see in stories. So Laura, talk about the abundant opportunity whenever you're doing fiction and nonfiction to evaluate in terms of the five moods. Go. Well, and that is part of uh, our standards that we're trying to teach is students making those connections Um with the characters in the story. So making that text to text connection, making that text to self connection. And I think when you use Fiverr in the way that you're talking about in step four, that gives us a perfect opportunity to do that text to self connection. And that gives students also an opportunity to talk about a time they felt that way and what made them feel that way. And so it does, it opens up a a wonderful dialogue in your classroom. You're talking about this character that students can relate to. All right. Review one more time. We do Fiverr whenever kids enter the classroom. We connect with kids whenever there is an opportunity during the day, especially during collaborative learning when everyone's involved in something. We model our own emotions and how we're dealing with them. And using the magic, however, as it's sensible, but not pounding it into the ground and saying, I have to feel great every single day. And then we use Fiverr as a, as a matrix, as a template to put over the top of any story, fiction or nonfiction, 
And it's all about moods. And those five moods are pretty well summed up. Mm -hmm. The last way that we use this five mood therapy, in whole brain teaching, we have a figure we call the alpha hawk. Now an alpha hawk lives for others. An alpha hawk is selfless. And insofar as superheroes live for others, they're alpha hawks. Insofar as they beat the daylights out of people, they're not alpha hawks. And our kids need a sense of what a truly highly moral person is. Their moral compass needs a North Star. And so we need an alpha hawk wall in our classroom where kids can put up, put up pictures of people in their lives who live for others or draw a picture of an imaginary person that lives for others. So the beauty of the alpha hawk is an alpha hawk gives you advice and support and love and guidance through your darkest one times. And so I think we would have opportunities during the day to say, well, I know that you're feeling unhappy, Jack, as you talk to him one-on-one. -on -one. Tell me about your alpha hawk. How would your alpha hawk face this? I know it's tough, but you do have your, your grandmother was a great. I mean, whenever you think of her, her memory is right here with you. Be nourished by that alpha hawk guide. Um, and that may be the most powerful thing and useful thing we can do for kids is to give them a moral compass that points towards selflessness. Because as our country is careening in all different kinds of directions, we're not getting much leadership in terms of living for others right. in a nonviolent way. Uh, Rhonda, what do you think about Alpha Hawk? Have you, you've used it in class, yeah? Yeah, I really enforced it a lot more this last year than I had any of the other years. And I think it was real important then for them to see or they could glance at that wall to know that you know, maybe they just needed that, um, that guidance or that support, you know, to finish their math test that was hard, or even if they were, you know, struggling with a friend to have that, that, that compass pointing to them in the right direction or making those smart choices that they needed to. So yes, I think it was a very vital, important, vital piece to the classroom. Laura, how about you? Yeah, so my Alpha Hawk wall was probably the biggest it has been in my entire whole brain teaching career. And it was, as Rhonda said, it was the focal point for kids to look at and kind of if they were having a rough day or they were having a hard time in a test, they, they really looked at those Alpha Hawks that they chose. And that was what they needed in order to kind of ground themselves and get ready to finish whatever task they were working on. Yeah, ladies, the image that comes to me over and over again is actually the image of the Titanic. Here you have this huge, beautiful, powerful boat 
it gets off course and starts to sink. And people of all social classes are in the boat. They start to man the lifeboats. Well, it often feels like the great ship is going down. And often feels like we're in lifeboats. And it seems so unfair that we were on this glorious voyage on the expensive ship and now we're in lifeboats. But around us in the waves are drowning kids. And our job is to pull them into the lifeboat and to teach them how to row. Not just how to row, but how to row like their alpha hawks taught them. And so in whole brain teaching, to extend this metaphor, we are in a flotilla of lifeboats. We all hold the same values. We all believe in the importance of helping every single kid. We all believe in the joy of rowing together. And we're all heading towards the new world of whole brain teaching. And these five moods are going to help us to learn how to row together like our alpha hawks taught us. It's a beautiful thing to be in teaching these days because every day is meaningful. Every day we do work that really, truly matters. God bless the people who are calling us on the phone trying to sell us solar panels. But our particular calling is to help kids who are brokenhearted and I don't think there's a greater blessing in the world than to have that as your occupation, to help the littlest of the littles who are helping and being hurt by the world that they're in. Mm -hmm. And they help each other. That's the beauty of whole brain teaching. We find kids helping each other. Absolutely. What do you think about that, Rhonda? Ever seen a kid in your class help another kid in your class? <laughs> yes, it, it's absolutely magical. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, I mean, that's when my heart just kind of is like the Grinch. It swells up like so big because, you know, you know, you've taught them what to do and that they're doing it. And, you know, when they can do it on their own, it's, it's magic. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, Laura, talk a little bit about a kid who often felt like a one or a two. And because of the whole brain teaching therapy, their mood started to improve over the course of a year. Yeah, I, I saw that in one little boy in particular this year who came in pretty defeated every day. He was brand new to our district and just- Disconnected. Disconnected, yes, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, just by making that connection and helping him learn how to connect with others, um, he was one of my alpha hawks. He was one that made it all the way to the top of the super improver board this year. Um, and just to see, as you were just talking about, and as Rhonda was just sharing, you know, to see him um, then turn around and help others, that was not anything he would have done at the beginning of the school year. And just to see that turnaround was, in Rhonda's words, magical. It really was. Rhonda, talk about an extremely beloved rascal and how you're going to miss him. 
Well, I had several this last year, so it, it's kind of hard to just pick one, but one was very successful and she was struggling a lot. Um, I knew she had the potential and I guess what I didn't see um, as far as her helping others is that other people were helping, other students were helping her and they knew she was getting close like to living legend because she had worked really hard. We had done the bullseye game and things like that. And others saw how close she was and they wanted at least, you know, someone in the class to get it. So they were willing to give their stars away to help her. And I think that, you know, I don't know how it touched her, but I think it did. And then she was in turn wanting to do that once she got to that living legend. We didn't have very many days to do that, but she was helping others too. So kind of a flip of the other students helping her rather than her helping the others. But I think it, it was a neat moment in the classroom towards the end of the year. Beautiful. Well, ladies, I'd like to come back another time if you'd have me. I'd like to talk about we talked about extremely beloved rascals these last two times. Next time I'd like to talk about motivating extremely beloved rascals. And without motivation, you've got a beautiful expensive car, which the government has paid a lot of money to fill your classroom with wonderful features. But without motivation, your car's got no engine. So let's talk about Turbocharging, the motivation of extremely beloved rascals. What a great title. If we could live up to that, that'd be something. That sounds awesome, Coach. And we are so thankful that you could join us on the podcast today. Um, your insight, I mean, for a person that's not in the classroom, you have helped out so many teachers with these upcoming problems that we have. And we're blessed to have your your brains, your insight, and all that you're doing for us teachers. So I just wanted to let you know how grateful we are for you. But before we leave, how are the summer one-hour conferences going? Uh, they're going terrible. They're just blowing up all over the place. We're having <laughs> digital explosions that are rocking the internet from one corner of the world to the other. Uh, we will say to folks that we are holding as many as we can. We will hold over 50 this summer. And we're glad to see, frankly, that people are frustrated because they can't get into them. That means that we're doing something right. right. But we will keep offering them. Um, and uh, it's, just, uh, it's just a joy to do nothing for an hour, but talk to teachers about things that we all really, really care about. So it's been one of our biggest successes. That's awesome. Well, in addition to that, um, we don't want anyone to forget about the virtual national conference coming up on July 25th, 26th, and 27th. So be sure to follow those Whole Brain Teaching Facebook pages and the Instagram pages so you don't miss out on the dates when you get to sign up. And every week on those Facebook pages and Instagram pages, the new one hour conferences are listed. So you definitely want to uh, check that out and follow along. So all of the conferences are jam packed with just so much whole brain teaching goodness. As always, we are very thankful to all of our listeners for liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. Coach, you are welcome back anytime, not just one more time, but anytime (laughs) talk to us because um, I just know it, it, if it rejuvenates Rhonda and I, as much as it does, 
I can only imagine what it's doing for our audience. So you are welcome back anytime. Um, and we can't wait for our next conversation. Super. Thank you so much, ladies. God bless you.